Hey guys, welcome to the 429 Podcast. I'm 9. I'm 2. And I'm 4. And today we'll be talking about the entry level for gaming. Now, gaming is a huge wide field, right? We span multiple different uh, you know, industries, multiple different genres, and all multiple different games. And there are hardcore gamers and you know people who just started out. But we thought of what happens to people who want to get into gaming for the first time, and what will be the best game for them to start into this whole massive convoluted industry that's constantly changing mm-hmm. right so you know if you've never played video, video games before that either means you're above a certain age range or below a certain age range but essentially gaming has been slowly it's becoming america's favorite pastime especially during the pandemic it's a great way to get lost in a new world mm-hmm. it's a great way to essentially experience a, a story my way i like interpreting video games especially for some very story-driven games are they're like interactive movies that really puts you in a, a whole level of interac- uh, interaction with them that a movie just cannot afford to. Mm-hmm. This means that you can make choices, influence the endings, essentially make your own world as it goes on. But there's a lot of video games out there, and every year there's more and more being added. We have games like Last of Us. We have games like uh, Uncharted. We got games like Red Dead. These are very triple A story games. And for just someone who has never touched video games before, very daunting and intimidating. So we wanted to figure out what would be the best game for someone who literally had never touched a video game controller ever would be the best game to start into the industry. And we all picked very different games, actually. So we're all gonna try to pick our candidate for the best entry level game for any for any non gamer and explain why be the best game mm-hmm. so for why don't you start off tell me what you think is the best candidate for an entry level video game all right well i think uh the best possible video game that you could play to kind of get into gaming with absolutely no prior knowledge of any video games um i, I think minecraft might be the, the kind of the best game for you to head into to start mm-hmm. your your video game experience on, I, I see. Okay, so if for someone who never heard of Minecraft, you know, what, what explain quickly what what Minecraft is. If you can. So Minecraft is kind of like an open world game where you can load in and everything works with blocks, right? So the little square blocks, and you know, you're a character called Steve. That's kind of what your character's name is, I guess. And uh, you could play on single player, and you could play by yourself. You can invite friends. You could go join servers and do things like player versus player. Go do things like player versus environment. Um, but let's say that you know you're just loading in. You don't know about servers yet. You just want to play by yourself. Uh, so you can load in. It's an open world, and really the only objective before you uh, is to go ahead and defeat the Ender Dragon. Right? That's considered okay. You've beat Minecraft. You defeat the Ender Dragon. But the cool thing about Minecraft is. Like, that's not the only way to play. In order to progress through Minecraft, you don't have to actually go beat the Ender Dragon. That, right? that doesn't have to be your kind of, like, end of game. Um, it's all about creativity, and you can build what you want with these blocks. You can kind of, you know, make really cool things. You build a house, you build a castle, you can do whatever you want. So, it kind of lets you discover your own path. It will get you, It'll let you get used to kind of, you know, the video game controls, whether you're on a mouse and keyboard or a controller. Um... You know, there's some mobs and stuff if you put it on normal or hard difficulty. So you could actually go ahead and get used to kind of fighting different things and, you know, learning how to use your controller and whatnot. So 
I mean, it's super low stress. Um, if you play solo, you know, you can take it at your own pace and, you know, you just do your own thing and learn kind of how to play. So I think yeah. it's really, really easy to pick up. And like I said, the low stress environment, I think, is the biggest thing for it because, you know, if you go and you start playing something like Call of Duty right away, you know, if you're dying and dying and dying and dying and dying, I mean, people are going to be kind of going at you in chat, no doubt. Like, so it's a very toxic community. I would say yeah. Call of Duty is, and it's, it's it can be one that's very daunting. Yep. Goes into the game, and even someone who's just dislikes violence in general, right? Oh yeah. Um, Minecraft, as you say, it's a very nice output. For, you know, someone who's very creative. Mm-hmm. I've seen beautiful pieces on the Minecraft, like mm-hmm. uh, the Mona Lisa. Uh, Still block by block, or the Eiffel Tower created in the one to forty scale, just beautiful architecture wonders and stuff like that. You wouldn't think that a game about blocks will recreate, but it does, and people have done mm-hmm. it beautifully. And yeah. isn't there also like a Minecraft project that's like scaling the whole world on oh, yeah. Minecraft? Yep, yep, that's a big project in Minecraft right now. I think it's going to take them a, a super long time, but they're trying to build in a one to one ratio the entire world and everything in it. So. So it's, it's a, a it's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good uh, I would say a pretty good choice into an entry level game. Yeah, it has it has a lot of different outputs, a lot of different paths, but it's not narrow in its in its scope. It's yeah. actually one of the biggest scope video games out there, I would say. And you know, there's even a lot of uh, like for example, if you if you were to join a server, right? They have these yeah. different Minecraft mini games that you can play too. So like you know, there's mini games that resemble like the Hunger Games. There's um, like there's many games called like Sky Wars where you have like a floating island and then you kind of have to beat everyone around you in combat. And I mean, it's they're super fun. It's super broad. There's a lot you can do, and you kind of get to just pick and choose what you want to do, and you don't have you're not forced to do anything in that game. You know, it's completely up to you how you want to play. Hundred so. percent. I I think it's a pretty good choice. And honestly, it'd be one I recommend if it wasn't for my choice. But besides that, let's go to two. So two. You're someone, I would say, who has the least video game experience out of all of us, right? Yeah, definitely. So I would love to hear what you would think would be an entry-level game for someone who doesn't ever touch the controller in real life. Yeah, you know, for me personally, you know, I'm a much later video game player than I would say you two. I don't have that much history involved with video games as much as you guys have, even now. Like, I don't have that much time allocated to video games anymore. Like, I used to be a huge Call of Duty fan, so I feel personally attacked on that one <laughs> for on that Call of Duty reference. But, side note, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is the best video game of all time, but we can, get, that. Right now. We can, we can get into that at some other point. Um, I would say the en- best entry-level video game to actually, like, break into gaming and to understand gaming. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I love racing games, and I just love the whole Mario Kart series. Right? Ah. Just for Mario okay. Kart... Uh, personally, Mario Kart spans, you know, so many generations. You had the original Mario Kart 64, right? You had Mario Kart on the Game Boy. You had Mario Kart on the DS. You have Mario Kart on the Wii. And even now on the Nintendo Switch and 3DS systems, you had you had another Mario Kart game. What I like about Mario Kart is, first, it's Mario, right? Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser. Even if you've never played those games before, you know the story, right? You know Mario and Peach, they're kind of a thing. You know, Bowser keeps kidnapping Peach to just become king and rule the Mushroom Kingdom or their kingdom, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And Mario goes and defeats Bowser and his kids over and over and over again. That's basic gist of the game, right? With different different attacks at every point in time. What's nice about Mario Kart is that, you know, all that aside, right, you put all these characters together to make one awesome game. To just race against each other, do little tiny challenges like balloon battles or coin running games and stuff like that. 
So what I really like about Mario Kart is that even with the new ones now, you could even customize your carts, right? So it's like, it really gives you that little leverage of just racing, but it adds that character piece into it of Mario and Luigi and all these characters. And the best part is, you know, once you're done playing Mario Kart, there's several other, like, games that you can expand your realm into, you know? Mm -hmm. Not to take anything away from Minecraft, right? Minecraft's really nice, but I don't see, like, a Minecraft sequel coming out because there's not really much you could do there, right? Whereas with, like, Mario, you jump from, like, Mario Kart to say, Mm -hmm. hey, let me go play Mario Party with a bunch of friends and you guys can compete in a Mario Party type of game. Or, you know, maybe you actually want to learn a little bit more about the story of Mario. So you go and start playing the Super Mario franchise series, which spans, you know, tons of games and tons of hours of gaming there, right? And it even leads you into other games as you mature into, like, Super Smash Brothers, right? Which is another one of the top games like that. And... Especially lately, we've seen with the Mario series, you know, they instead of just bringing in Mario characters, they've sort of expanded the realm, right? Like, the whole Nintendo realm. Like, you have, you know, Donkey Kong and Funky Kong and Mario Kart Wii, right? So then it sort of leads you on, like, a side quest to go figure out, like, Donkey Kong games, which are also really, really cool, right? Pac-Man was in um, Super Smash, so it leads you to get you, like, a reference back into, like, those retro games. Olimar, mm-hmm. Ness, you know, even some of these lesser-known characters in video games. I still don't even know these characters, right? So it's like, it leads you to, like, be curious and be like, hey, like, what games are they from? Let me go check it out. Let's see what they're about, right? So I think Mario Kart, especially, personally for me, just because it's a lot of fun. Like you said, with Minecraft, it's very low stress, you know, depending on if you're doing tournaments or not. And you're just racing either against online people or with your friends, and you're just having a blast, just chilling, racing, trying to unlock more things. And it sort of just gives you that competitiveness in the game that I think is just really great to have. I think also it's the type of game where even if you just say the name, you know what it's going to be. Right? Exactly. Mario Kart, it's just go-karting, right, with Mario characters. It's racing, exactly. Yeah. So even if you don't know Mario or never even, you know, talk, or even heard what a Mario is, right? At the <laughs> fundamental, it's a go-karting game. But pretty much it's just wacky and fun and convoluted and it's just a good time and if you know how to drive a car then you know how to play mario kart essentially and, and even if you don't know how to drive a car you know how to play yeah mario. i've been playing mario kart since i was like seven like I, I didn't know how to drive a car then right i barely still know how to drive a car now uh, I, so it's like it's, it's a good just, game it's great it's just great to mess around and play with and stuff so you know these, these two are really good contenders i would say for an entry-level game you got minecraft which is have been a phenomenon the last 10 years, truly taking over the gaming industry one by one by one Swedish developer at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's become one of the biggest games. Uh, you can see it easily on YouTube, uh, in, in uh, articles. It's become one of the biggest games, and I think only recently became the best-selling game of all time, yep. right? Yep. And you have Mario Kart, which has been a game since the early 90s, since the first NES It's one of the OG games, you know? One of the OG games. Anyone, I, I would say that people who have never heard of gaming know who Mario is, and that's a fact. I, I believe there was an article about how so many people know who Mario is, even though many of these people never touched a video game in their life. It's mm-hmm. just he's yeah. one of the biggest gaming icons. That he's a, that's why every single time you hear that that whole joke that if your parents say, "What Nintendo console do you want?" or "Is that a Nintendo?" they result everything to Nintendo, even if it's a PlayStation or an Xbox, because it's just he's just that influential, yeah. right? But with my contender, I would say it beats both of your two. And I will say why now. Why? One, before Minecraft was the biggest best-selling game, there was another one. And the number one game that everyone plays, even 
not gaming related was Tetris. Tetris, I would say, has been, even back in the early 80s, has been one of the first true gaming icons to span generations and become a true contender for an icon of gaming in general. Even the history of Tetris stems from the fact that this one guy wanted to make computers less imitating. He wanted to show that computers can be fun, that can be puzzling, and they can have great experiences for and not just for spreadsheets, mm-hmm. right? That was his like, original goal when he made Tetris. And Tetris since then has become the biggest uh, IPs in gaming ever. And just mobile alone, more than a million copies. Not including the multiple different ports. And Tetris right now holds the most ported game of all time across multiple different generations, uh, platforms, and even multiple even multiple times in one platform, right? In- that's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. I would. I can agree with you on that one because that's you know that's like you're bringing it back to the way way old schools of gaming, way like back. pong and stuff, right? Which is like, you know back to my idea. Like if people have never heard gaming or never even touched a gaming, right? Mm-hmm. They they're gonna they're gonna these are gonna be people who are let's be fair. A lot of times gaming is very popular with the younger audience, right? Yep. So most of the time when people have never heard gaming, it's because they were interested. They were never interested or. Uh, got involved in their younger years, mm-hmm. right? And they thought it was too childish or too foolish or they grew up before it became a mainstream thing it is now, right? Mm-hmm. But if you take it way back to the 80s and 90s, they know Tetris. It's been in the news. It's been it's been popular. It's been in every single console known to man, even on your phone, which I remind you, the mobile platform is one of the biggest, uh, uh, what's it called, gaming platforms out there right now. Oh, yeah. Most popularly with people of who are typically in, uh, identify themselves as non gamers. You're talking about like parents, you're talking about teachers, you're talking about people who don't really play games in the traditional sense with a console or with a uh, controller, mm-hmm. right? But they all know Tetris. Why? Because it's so easy. You look at Tetris and you know instantly from the game screen what's the point of the game. You've got stack blocks on all the blocks until the blocks go poop. <laughs> it is a fundamental, simple game. Yet there's a reason why there's an addiction named after it. Tetris, at its loan, incites pure joy. It's a dopamine rush that essentially it's an endless routine of you just trying to do one simple task. But that one task can feel so rewarding and is why so many people played it. If you ever played one game of Tetris, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And to be fair, like, you know, you're bringing back old school to Tetris, Pong, Snake, these games that, like, brought you into gaming. This is I the, see that. Yeah, I these are that. games are, like, essentially are the grandfather game, right? Yeah. And, you know, if you look back, these these games are pretty much allowed the industry to grow to the major multi-billion dollar industry it is today. With a simple goal in mind was to be fun and addicting, right? There was no microtransactions involved. There was no profit in mind. Um... There is nothing, none of that. This is, these are games designed to do one thing and to have the user have fun. And this is why I believe Tetris will be the overall best contender for an entry-level game. It has that one goal in mind. If you take Minecraft, right? Minecraft is a great creative output. It has unlimited scope, especially with the mod tools and all that and the support, right? But you also keep in mind, there are, you know, there's a paywall, right? 
there you gotta pay for Minecraft, right? Mm-hmm. And there is definitely an incentive in especially for Mojang to you to buy microtransactions with the store and stuff like that, right? Of course it's not heavy hitting like most like other EA games, but it's still there. Then you have Mario Kart, who are also more lenient on those microtransactions. But and again, that's a double entry point. You gotta buy a Nintendo console and then you gotta buy the Nintendo game, Mario Kart, to even play it. That's if you don't have anyone to have the console to play with. These are two entry level points. Mo- Tetris is literally on every single platform. Mm-hmm. Literally. If you have a mobile phone, you can play Tetris right now. There is no and there is no paywall. There is nothing like that to get into the game. And which means it makes it so easy for anyone who's even a little bit doubtful about gaming to at least try the leap of faith. Because there's le- there's literally no cost for to try. That's why I believe Tetris is one of the best entry level games for gaming as a whole. I can see what you mean. I think Tetris is a is a really good game to start with. Now, personally, I think that a lot of people who start with Tetris might actually be a little dissuaded from playing other games because I never liked Tetris. I find it very boring and repetitive, and nice. that dopamine rush of oh my gosh, I got four blocks in a row, which is never it. It wasn't enough to keep me tied into Tetris. And if I started, to, if that was the only game I had ever played, I probably would have stopped playing games simply because I find it boring and if I think other games are going to be like that I'm likely not going to continue playing games. Personally like I said that's just how I feel about it I was never a big fan of it Um, and I I know you said that there's a a paywall for other games but we did also talk about mobile gaming and how you can download Tetris on your phone like right now which you can and I mean if you think about it I mean Minecraft is a $7 cost on your phone that's a really really cheap game you know, I've spent more. I've spent more than seven dollars on a drink at Starbucks that was going to be gone within the next fifteen minutes. So I don't really consider seven dollars a a massive paywall per se, and especially when you can just click buy now and bam, it's not like you got to put your credit card in on some sketchy website. It's all right through the app store. So I don't think the paywall for a game like that, especially on mobile, is really that big of a deal. And I mean, if you've already made the conscious decision that you want to get into gaming. You know, odds are you've already purchased a console for a couple hundred dollars, so um, that paywall, I don't know if it's necessarily as large of a deal when you've already made the decision to buy a console, or you can get games on your phone for, you know, dirt cheap, less than a Starbucks coffee. I think the only, I think the only thing that makes your point, uh, Noel, is the fact that, one, um, you didn't like Tetris, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think if someone who does like Tetris or enjoyed it, right? Mm-hmm. would still continue to look into other avenues, right? Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean they're going to only play Tetris games. It will essentially make it so I enjoy this type of game, I enjoy the dopamine rush I'm getting, and I enjoy the interaction I'm getting. Let me see other games. And he's kind of trends from there. And also, I'm thinking more about the audience member this is I'm aiming towards, right? Like, you're you're someone who enjoys more uh, action-packed games, less puzzling games, you know, someone who gets in the meet and grit real quick, right? I would say for Tetris to really have a major impact, mm-hmm. be an older audience, um, an older player, someone who who's not into yep. like really quick reaction time games yeah. or are essentially uh, big worlds that they can get lost. I've seen many times, like for example, my dad back when I actually did try Minecraft and he found it so daunting to play it. Yep. The keyboard control was too convoluted to him. It, it, it was like unorganic to him, the way everything moved and stuff like that the way you have to jump up and down. These, these are things that we as gamers 
are like secondhand nature to us. Like the WASD key yeah. layout, mouse thing. But we got to remember that these people who have never played game at all have yeah. no idea. And this is why I think Tetris plays as strong as suit. It's just so easy to understand and the controls are so simple yep. that anyone can try it out. Those are my strengths, I believe. See, that's a good point. Now, personally, like I said, I, I, I always just found it a little boring. and It's kind of weird, too, because I do like strategy games and... Like, for example, like Civ Five and, like, other, like, you know, war simulators yeah, yeah. and whatnot. Like, mm -hmm. those are all strategy-based. And, I mean, I would consider Tetris kind of a strategy game because you got to know, like, what it's, you want to do. Yeah, it is, it is a strategy game. But it's also primarily a puzzle game at yeah. the end of the day, right? Yep. Right? And the puzzle game is not about strategizing, like, Civ or planning yeah. ahead. Yep. It's all about, you know, completing the puzzle. You know, it's just a puzzle. And, you know, that's game. true. But I, if, you, if you think about other puzzle games, right, like more modern puzzle games, let's look at like Portal 2 and like Portal series. Like those are puzzle games also. And I had a blast in those. I finished Portal 2 in like a couple Oh, yeah, of course. But days. they're modern. They're modern puzzle games. Correct. We're, we're, yeah. Yep. This is, you got to remember, this is got to take in the timeline of the, when this game was first created. 1984. Yes. Moscow with like low specs computers. And the idea was just to insert fun into everyday computer life. Yep, that's a noble goal. I, ju I, I just think that the the open world, more more explored, uh, more explore, uh, like more exploration type uh type games, I, I just think they have a little bit more to offer, you know, because I know I know for myself, some of the games that like, got me really into um, like gaming in general, you know, when mm -hmm. I was younger, I played, you know, I was introduced with my cousin's N sixty four originally, and I never had an N sixty four, but you know, one of the first consoles I ever got was a GameCube, and um, I played a lot of you know Mario Sunshine and Pinkman, yep. Pinkman, and like, you know all all, all these Funky games Bowl. where they they kind of like they have a general storyline, right? But I mean the world is you can do what you want, right? Like I can I can I can walk around, I can go kind of just do stuff, and I can explore, and you know the worlds aren't quite as big as something like you know Minecraft's is, but just the fact that I could walk around, I could see the buildings, I could you know just kind of jump around and move and like. It kind of just—I don't know—it gave me a good vibe, a good feel. What do you think, too? Yeah, you know, to my to your point about Tetris, um, I'm actually an avid Tetris player. You know, I used to play competitive Tetris, right? So I was a very oh, good, like, uh, avid Tetris player. I used to play all the time, middle school, high school. You know, I used to come back, just pop open Tetris. Had five, seven friends on board, or if I didn't have friends on board, played online against the community, and I just went off just playing Tetris friends. It was great, right? like one of my great i think that was one of my best pastimes back in like the middle school days after homework or before homework just like relaxing wind down from the day right i see so i agree that tetris i think is a great entry level game to get started uh -huh. but i think it leaves i think my main issue with tetris is it leaves wanting more right like yes there's tetris 2 there's other tetris type games that have come out since then yeah but but it leaves wanting more and I think that's where, like, Mario, like, the Mario franchise really comes in. For example, like, I'm a fan of Tetris. I like Dr. Mario, too. Dr. Mario was a great game. It was, like, Tetris, but, like, a little bit of strategy involved, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's where that game, uh, that came in for me. But personally, for me, I'm a competitive person. So I found Tetris super fun when I was, you know, competitive. I want to beat my own high score, or I want to beat this person I'm playing against, or I want to beat these five people I'm trying to race to the finish, you know? Yeah. I'm a very competitive gamer, I would mm -hmm. say. So for me, like games like Mario Kart or any of the Mario games, I'm super, 
competitive on because I want to either beat a record for something or I want to, you know, dominate the game. I want to challenge myself like, all right, I got two hours. Let me beat all of Super Mario from front to back in two hours. Let's go, right? Well, you see, it's funny you say it because I would say one of the first competitive gaming that came out for Tetris. This is where, like, I, back to the day you said, these are people who have high scores, right? I remember the OG yeah. of gaming competitive back then. They weren't about, you know, who would get to kill the whole enemy team in Modern Warfare 2 one-on-one? Who, who uh, captured the Flag Forest? No, it was just high scores. And yeah. if you're the biggest number, that's it. You were number one of the world. And exactly. Tetris and, my, and Pac-Man, these are the game. These are the OG entries in the level game. So, like like I said, if, if people who are very competitive, who are you? Tetris will be the perfect level game. And the whole idea of wanting more... Uh, you're, you're, I think you're limiting the scope of just the franchise of your given game, right? My idea is not they should just keep playing Tetris. My idea is that Tetris is the type of flavor, a test, a sample of what the gaming can give, right? Mm-hmm. But I will hope that once they have that taste, that dopamine uh, rush that they get, that excitement of that competitive edge that they want, right? They look into other games. They look at the games like, um, what's it called? Pac-Man. They look at the games like Minecraft. They look at the games mm-hmm. like Mario Kart. These will be next steps through the journey into the gaming world. True. And I think Tetris is just a perfect entry level. And even even sticking within the franchise, Tetris, right? A new Tetris game that just came out last year was Tetris 99, which if you don't know what it is, it's essentially Battle Royale of Tetris. You can't get more competitive than being in a Battle so Royale here's, of Tetris. Here's my question when it comes to Tetris, right? For example, yes. like when you play Mario Kart or you play Minecraft, right? You, yeah, yeah. you're still learning about how to play games, like with, yes. with the controller, with the keyboard, right? Yeah. Te- what does Tetris add to you being able to play games later on, right? So you're not the controls are super simple, and they don't really kind of teach you how to move around in a standard first-person game or a third-person game, right? It's completely different from like almost every other genre of modern games. And True. It doesn't really give you anything to take into those new games besides the fact that it might just say, oh, okay, I'm into video games now, right? It doesn't necessarily add anything to making you better or kind of, how do I put it, like making you, like teaching you about how other games might work because it's completely unique. There's no, there's nothing to take from that to, to apply elsewhere. Well, well, first thing I would say it does teach a little. Um, one thing, if this is a console, let's just say, right, or like Game Boy, you know, something, mm-hmm. They're teaching you the controls uh, off the bat. Uh, a, B, those, you know, those rotates. And you, it teaches you the mouse, the, the how to use the control pad, the D-pad well, right? The, these They're now teaching you, I would say, the tropes or the traditional uh, controller scheme of like a first-person shooter, of mm-hmm. course. But that's only if you want to go the first-person shooter. It does teaching you the, cons- the traditional control setup for any puzzle game because most puzzle games have that traditional setup. It's teaching you how to hold a controller. These are people. Remember, these are people who have never touched the controller or have never used a keyboard. So you also don't want them go full blows into a WST key layout immediately. Because I've seen it firsthand, where that just having that sort of layout in front of them just discourages them from even trying. It just completely blows them away. Because like it's it's too. I literally hear the, the the argument. This is too confusing. This is way too much. It's informational essentially to have, especially with the whole keyboard and mouse setup. Mm-hmm. It's just way too much for them. Having yeah. Tetris with just an arrow keys and stuff like that, sure, it's not going to teach you the, the traditional first-person shooters. Sure, it might not teach you how a lot of modern games do their control setups, 
But that's only if they go into that genre. If they go into first-person shooters, they don't have to go to first-person shooters. They can go into puzzles. They can go to racing games, which are also different setup altogether. They can go to a variety of different genres. Well, they are going to be different I, yeah. setup, but like I mean, the controls still work the same, right? Like your left analog stick in almost any game moves your person. Your right analog stick in almost any game um, either moves your camera or whatever you have in your hand, right? And makes you look around. It's look, and then. Yeah. You know, a is jump. B is like you know, you know, obviously like your back or exit menus or whatever. Get crouch, go prone, right? It's not only first person shooters that use that. It's almost any modern game that revolves around like you moving a unit or controlling something. Well, yeah, but you're talking about also. We gotta remember also. You're talking about only just control, right? If you board a mouse, right, then it gets a little diluted because then the control setups are vitally different between genres. Even then, because with the controller, keyboard, and mouse setup, you have varieties of different controls. You have a variety of more buttons to uh, to you know be able to control, and that and just the appearance of the keyboard mouse distaunts them. You know, if you keep the control simple, uh, keep the control scheme simple in the beginning, and, and basically you're 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 basically doing like baby steps, right? You don't want to teach a dog a complicated trick that will be the basis for most tricks later on. You want it to start simple, you know, just roll over a little bit. Sure, that may not be the basis for most advanced tricks later on. But at least gives them an idea of okay, if I press this button, I invoke an action in this in this game. These directions evoke the action of their current directions, and this is how I should hold the controller, or this is how I should hold the the Game Boy. You know, these are or these are very simple things. Once again, that we don't even have to think about because we have so much experience in the gaming, uh, playing games and stuff like that. But you gotta remember, these are people who never touch the controller. Two, did you never you want to add? What? Yeah, like, personally, I agree on boarding for a game, right? Like, if you want to learn basic system controls, basic understanding of a video game and stuff like yeah. that. I think Tetris, Mario, the Mario franchise series, I think encapsulates as well. The issue I have with Minecraft to force video game of choice, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I personally have never played Minecraft. And the reason I personally have never played Minecraft, I think for me, it's not... It, it takes too much time for me to invest into the game. In the Ooh. sense that, like... Minecraft, you know, you have to mine your resources and then you have to come up with, like, you have to craft, from my understanding, right? Like, mm-hmm. different materials and houses yeah, yep. and stuff like that, right? Yep, yep. For me, like, for me, that's a lot of just, like, formulas I gotta, like, wrap my head around of. Whereas, like, in Tetris, you know, it's a simple concept. Blocks, put them down, crush crush row, call it a day, right? Yeah. Mario, Mario Kart and these other games, right? Same thing. You just... Go your objective in the Mario franchise and the regular games is to go defeat Bowser, get, grab the princess, call it a day. Or in Mario Kart, it's literally just race to the finish line and get in first place and get there no matter in any way, shape, or form. If you have to make banana peel slips, oil slips, whatever you gotta do, just get there. Right? I yeah, I think another thing also to add to your point, right, is Minecraft is a very very big scope game, right? Yeah. And, and that's part of its strength, where it has so much creative freedom, so much creative uh, ex- uh, expression to do what you want, and it has a big community support to back it up. But I think the fact that it's so open and the fact that it's so big, it, it makes might it overwhelming. Be- yes, exactly. It's just super overwhelming for someone who never like played a game at all, right? If some, if you play one or two games, sure you can probably handle it. Sure, it's like you know simple formulas and stuff like that, and it's a little grindy too in the beginning, but you know. After you play a couple of games, you kind of know what to experience. But if you never touch a game like that, and the open-endedness of itself, I think, will just overwhelm uh, yeah, like, users so like, quickly. Personally, I've never played Minecraft in the 10 years it's been out, right? So it's yeah. like, 
I could, I think I could, I can definitely adapt to play Minecraft. I can definitely yep. go and play Minecraft. The yep. reason I just chose never to play Minecraft in these 10 years, well, five of those years, I didn't know about it. But the other five years was mostly just because I think personally for me, it's just too much time invested into it just to get onboarded and acclimated with the game, I would say. Right. That's my main cause of concern with it. Whereas with Mario Kart, I was just like, all right, let me pop it in, race. All right, cool. Here's left, here's right, call it a day, right? Drift. And you learn the little tricks as you like progress in the game. But like for on I would say ease of onboarding for a game, mm-hmm. I would say I would give it to Tetris. Then the Mario series, because it's just simple commands, you know, A is to A is to jump, B is to run. And then the D-pad is to just, you know, go and move It's very simple. Right, the controls are very simple, right? They but really... Minecraft, I would say, you know... Minecraft, you got you to change some movement set, but you also got to know the in- inventory layout controls. Uh, you got to know there's a click and drag functionality on top of it that, you know, the grid system. There's, you know, building stuff like that. Now you got to talk about recipes and yeah. crafting. It's a fantastic game. Well, I think it's I such do, a well-thought-out game. Do also keep game. in mind that your modern Minecraft series has taken into account a lot of this stuff, and you have your quick tooltips, which are very helpful for new players. You have automated crafting on Bedrock Edition, right? So all, all of these things kind of fix, for example, like that inventory problem, where it's yeah. like, oh, I don't know how to do my inventory. Okay, well, here's a tooltip showing you exactly how to do it. You know, it's pretty much just laid out right there. You can put things on your hotbar, bam, right? It makes it very simple to see and understand that. Um, you have automated crafting. You don't have to remember recipes anymore. You know, there's no formulas for you to keep in your head. You want to build something? You can see exactly everything you can build laid out right for you in the little crafting menu, right? There's just no longer a need for any of that. And a lot of that thing has been put into the game because of the console additions um, and the fact that it's a lot harder to click and drag on console and, you know, moving things yeah. around on the screen. So it's very easy to do things on Minecraft on consoles, and maybe on PC it's a little bit more difficult, but using the Windows 10 edition, not the Java one, you know, which is probably what most new players would be using anyway because it's the most easily accessible version on PC, um, a lot of those problems just disappear because of the new interfaces they've added. That's not a bad point there. Yeah, you know, they, they, they are making strides to make, you know, that's definitely something we should take notice of it. You know, it's not like... They're, uh, you know, like I said, when it got introduced to consoles, they they were trying to make it more mainstream mm-hmm. control. So. Yeah. And and they, they definitely have. They definitely have. I would say it definitely uh, has, since the last, since the first time I played it, like a long time ago, they definitely has made it so much more accessible, so much more open-ended. And I think um, in a traditional modern gaming scope, right, Minecraft is the king right now of accessibility and cross-platform support, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's on most modern platform is on most uh what's it called support for people and it has a lot of accessibility options that my microsoft has recently put in so i would say in the modern sense in modern gaming scope it's definitely has made big strides towards that i'm just making the sense in the overall gaming industry as a whole the beginning to the end you know and i can that, see where you guys would come from too that it's a little overwhelming with the size of it yeah but personally i i, I find that as a i find that to be its biggest strength well, that's the thing, though. I would say, you know, you're. I think because you're, you know, an epic game, right? Uh, someone who oh, welcomes challenge, welcomes um, complications, welcomes uh, uh, what's it called? You know, the open endedness, the, the lack of handhold, right? Mm-hmm. You welcome that, right? And that's nothing wrong with that. And that's why I still think Minecraft is a very good competitor, especially for even for people who never touch gaming, right? But I'm viewing it as an an overall test case. 
as someone who's never ever touched a controller, never had any interest in gaming at all, what would be the best one for them to think at the end of the game at, at the end of that gameplay? Huh? Maybe I should look into gaming more. Or what other games would actually interest me even more than Tetris? And to you be know? honest, that game for me was actually not Mario Kart, but Super Mario World. So I remember my first gaming console, I guess you can call it a console, was the Game Boy Advance SP, right? Mm -hmm. And the first game I got with that was the Super Mario World Advance, uh, Advance World 2 for the Game Boy Advance SP. Mm -hmm. And what I loved about that game was that was my break into gaming, actually. So I played that game end to end. And, you know, when, I'm, when you're a kid at the time, you kind of suck at video games, right? I was not one of those gifted video game kids that you see now who are earning millions of dollars. <clears throat> I was one of those really shitty kids who just played the video game just for fun and I got to finish it. And I eventually, it eventually took me, you know, like a couple of years to actually finish that game because to me, it was just so massive. It was challenging, but it had the right level of challenge as you progressed throughout the game. It made you better and better, right? And this was before the years of like, you know, Googling tips and tricks and stuff like that to find out the mm -hmm. right path. This was just me figuring it out all on my own. Yeah. And that's, and that's what was really nice about, I think, that game. And that game sort of gave me the skills I needed to transition into any other form of video games, right? So throughout the years, you know, on my Game Boy Advance SP games, slowly moved into the Nintendo GameCube, went on to the Nintendo Wii, and then finally I got onboarded onto the PS3 into, like, I would say, modern gaming, mm -hmm. right? I guess... Okay. It's a tradition. It's a, it's a slow transition towards modern gaming. Exactly. You know? So I, I would say that's why you, you, Minecraft is not necessarily the best candidate, but it, it is one of the, I would say, one of the first games you should play. Definitely yes. advocate for that. I but think definitely to... First? No, maybe not. I think definitely to understand the mainstream gaming culture, I think Minecraft is definitely that, right? For you to get yeah. acclimated with, I think, gaming culture. To get acclimated, I think, with gaming itself, right? I think yeah. some some type of Mario or game that's a long a long storied franchise game, I think is one of the best games to get on board into that. It could even be like I've been playing lately the Tony Hawk games, right? Like yeah. the new Tony Hawk's coming out soon, so I'm trying to refresh my skills on the Tony Hawk games. So it's like it could be even one of those Tony Hawk games that has like little like little tidbits of like Tony Hawk's life and these story modes mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which I always find interesting. Right. So I guess it would just be based on your own personal preference. Like I wasn't always avid, you know, I skateboarded a little bit back in the day, like not great, but like a little bit as a kid. And so I was always interested in Tony Hawk and I went to find out more about Tony Hawk. Yeah. And so, you know, I just picked up his video games and I started playing his video games. And then as I got older, I, I read some of his, I read uh, his biographies and stuff. And so I guess it really depends on you yourself. And then eventually, you know, I got onto the PS3, which is, I guess, my foray into modern gaming yeah yep and for my foray into modern gaming you know i still kept to my roots about stuff i was interested in right i got the madden game i got nba 2k right i was playing i was having fun playing madden and 2k which was i still do to this day i still play madden all the time mm -hmm. and then and then you break into you know like some of these indie games i got into i got into like infamous for example by sucker punch when sucker punch was really small back in the day you know, got into Call of Duty, which I wouldn't say is an indie game. Call of Duty is a mainstream game, right? But yeah. I got into Call of Duty, and that sort of brought me into the whole competitive online gaming space, right? And then, you know, I've drifted away from gaming since then, just because, you know, other time constraints and other things come up. But I would say that's how my personal video game transitions really started, 
where it was started with that, you know, Game Boy. It started with that Game Boy in Super Mario World. And then it sort of transitioned all the way to what I would say now is like PS4, eventually PS5. If you guys haven't seen that episode, please go check out our PS5 episode. Uh, shameless plug. But it sort of transitioned mm-hmm. into, you know, that sort of console-like gaming and everything for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, th- I think that's, uh, to, to know, extend on that, the whole idea is that there's no, like, one way one can transition, right? To essentially uh, find the perfect route, right? Yep. And at the end of the day, you're going to have different interests and different objectives and just different influences in your life that will lead you towards gaming, right? Yep. For example, yours was just Tony Hawk. I'm very non-gaming icon, right? Especially at that time. Totally transitioned you into the whole gaming spectrum. And if I remember, Tony Hawk said the reason he wanted to make the right was he wanted kids to essentially know more about skating and more 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 about the skating world mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and he knew that video games was a very popular medium to do that you know and look now it's one of the biggest popular franchise with a remake coming out literally the end of this year again you know so it's a good way thinking about this now i think what one of the best things you can do even before you start playing video games is go watch let's plays go watch youtube videos right like these are things that people years ago didn't have access to, right? Even when we were growing up, for the most part, Let's Plays weren't a thing, right? Like, I wasn't going to go find a Let's Play for, you know, Monkey Super Monkey Ball back in the day, right? Like, that just wasn't going to no. happen. It know? just wasn't so a thing. More, more, more recently, that's something that people can actually go do, you know? And I think almost anyone who's in the gaming scene watches people on Twitch, right? They watch streams. They watch Let's Plays. You know, at some point, anyone who is a gamer right now has watched or even some of them created their own content um, for Let's Plays and just kind of showing off games to people. You know, so if you want to play video games and you want to kind of see maybe it's something that would interest you, I would say in most cases you can go watch Let's Play that game and by the end of a couple episodes of that Let's Play you'll know whether or not that's going to be something you're interested in playing. Yeah, yeah to be fair, to your point. point, right, like I think in the modern era of gaming, if you're trying to break into gaming, yep. YouTube live streams, Twitch live streams, I think all these are perfect forays, right? To just go into like some generic games, right? Like our version of Let's Plays, I don't know if you guys remember this, I definitely remember this, was me going into, um, what's it called? Toys R Us and GameStop and like, you know how they had those boots set up with the video games? Yeah. Yes, yes, I used yes. to just I used to just go in there, whatever video game they had in there, whether it was that snowboarding game, I don't even remember the name of I was playing, or SSX. like... Yes, SSX, that was the name of it, right? Or whether it was like um, like NBA 2K they had on the newest system. I was just in there playing, and that was, I guess, my like demo into... That was my version of Let's Play. That was me breaking into the game and just seeing, like, okay, hey, like I'm having a little fun here. Maybe I should mm-hmm. you know, snag this game or snag that game, right? I think 100%. that's definitely changed in this modern era because you have all these YouTubers now, you have all these uh, Twitch streamers now that... You know, stream all these video games, stream all these um, different types of uh, gaming systems, gaming setups and everything. So there's a lot more information, I would say, out there now mm-hmm. if you're trying to break into gaming. Whereas when we started, it was like, hmm, this box looks pretty cool. Let me just try to tinker with it and see what happens. Yeah. Right? And so I think that's the biggest difference. Not uh, Nine, you were saying something? Yeah, so I, I think that's a really good point that's what we're making. Essentially... The amount of resources you have now in the, in the modern gaming spectrum is vastly more than we had back in our day, right? I, one of the things I will do 
when I'm sort of iffy on a video game is watch a quick let's play, right? Yep. Kind of see what is the traditional route, I mm-hmm. call them, right? That I, I would expect it of me. Is it a grindy game? Is it a game that evokes a good story? Is it a game that makes me think? Is it a game that makes me just, you know, sit down and play with no thought in my head for like 30 minutes and have fun? Does it have support for my friends to play with me? Yep. Not. These are these are things that like, you know, a, a new you know someone who's coming into the spectrum wouldn't really think about it, but someone who's an avid gamer who takes full advantage of, and I think newer gamers and newer players should you know realize mm-hmm. that. But you, you shouldn't. A lot of people a lot of say I think a lot of things a lot of people say are pretty much a lot of games are too grindy, or they're too, I think too much of your time, right? But uh, I think that's just a cause of a certain game genre or a certain game platform or a certain game franchise. You don't have to deal with the grind. There are games that basically fix that issue or games that essentially uh, let you enjoy it without the grind or about the issue of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, tr- tr- traditionally speaking, I think there's a game literally for anyone out there. Oh, yeah, I agree. I, I agree. 100%. If you, if you, someone who says who doesn't like gaming, it's not because you don't like gaming. Yeah, it's just because they don't have Exactly. Just think of it like, I think of it as a medium, right, for an experience. Yep. If, it's almost like saying you don't like movies, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't like movies, it's probably because I, I like, for example, I have a mother who doesn't like going to movie. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like, she doesn't hate movies. She just doesn't like these movies, mm-hmm. right? And that's the thing. You're, you're, there's something out there for anyone. Oh yeah. Right. If you're an avid NASCAR racer, uh, fan, there's a game for that. If you're someone who loves golf, right? Well, you can't go off. You can't go golfing uh, recently in the last few months. Once you get, you know a golf game to play in home. If there's literally a game for literally everyone. And if you haven't enjoyed a game, it's because you haven't found your game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think with like, you know, to the topic of Let's Plays and stuff, and I would like, there's a game for everyone. I guess one question I have, you guys are probably more familiar with the gaming scene now more than I am. 100%. But are, are there still like, I remember back in the PS3 days, right? I used to go yeah. into the PlayStation store and download demos of games. And like, I was able to play like a snippet of a game at home to see if I would like it or not like it before uh, I actually went out and bought it. Yeah. So sure. do, do things like that still exist now? Like I'm, uh, I'm, I'm probably dating myself here. I'm probably sound really old, but like do things like that really exist now? I know there's betas, but yeah. Are, but so, are there like actual demos of games? Like I used to like demo like Madden. Like there was like every year the new Madden game was gonna come out. Like two months beforehand, they gave us the demo, right, to actually play and get used to the new controls and see what's yeah. going on. I know exactly so, what you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's something I actually talked to my friend a couple of days ago. The whole landscape of demos in general has completely shifted uh, since the last, I would say, the last two generations, right? Back to the PS3 era, right? I would say the demo, the years, the era of demo really peaked around the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 eras, mm-hmm. right? I remember there being a demo for every major release. Every major era. game, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. The last few years, it's been slowly dying out. Um, unfortunately, demos isn't something that's regularly um, uh, given anymore to like try to game. What they do now, traditionally in the, in the modern industry now, essentially is uh, what they do is that they they take the demo, they, but they call it a closed beta. And essentially, if you want to access that closed beta, you have to pre-order the game. That's pretty much how they do it now. They may. There are still a couple of games that do do the traditional demo setup, right? But I feel what what's been the whole shift that caused is that a lot of people, and I, I'm a victim of this too. I'm an advocate of this too. So they buy the, the demo, 
and they never buy the game. And the demo's enough for them to enjoy the game. Mm -hmm. And they just keep playing the demo. And I actually, I actually, I am guilty of doing this years ago. I forgot what game it was. Um, but there's one game where I loved it. I loved it so much, and I keep playing it over and over again. The demo. I never bought the game. The demo was enough for me to enjoy it because it was kind of. I think it was one of those like sport games. Yeah. And just me playing one game from that demo was enough for me to be like, all right, I have fun with this. Uh, I don't need to buy the full game. And I just keep playing the demo over and over again. Um, but, you know, I, it, it definitely shifted. It's not a traditional demo setup like it was way back. It's Unfortunately, it's more now closed betas or, you know, pre-order access or um, what's it called? Beta testing sort of things. Those are your traditional demos now, unfortunately. Although, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that because that sort of brings it into the whole pay-to-play system. We I'm can not get really, I'm not really a fan of that. I whole spectrum how I'm not a big fan of the whole beta atmosphere right now because if you notice in the last couple of years, betas are not really betas, right? Because in a traditional sense, a beta is a prototype of the game, Yeah. right? And the whole point of a beta traditionally should be to essentially figure out what's wrong with the game, make changes, and essentially patch the game up. Basically, it's just game testing on a much bigger scale. Mm -hmm. That's what a beta testing or beta should be. But if you notice, these betas, right, quote-unquote, are either really close to completion or they're like a few months before full release. There is no way a major company, no matter how big you are, you're going to be able to involve all the patches and, and incorporate all the feedback from your beta test to the full release. Now, I noticed, I noticed this a lot. It's almost like they've turned into more of a showcase your game before it's released than an actual exactly. beta test. Exactly. There's just no physical way for a company mm -hmm. to basically um, take all the feedback from a beta test and basically invoke it. And I think the problem is a lot of the last few years, companies have got really like kind of like uh, laissez-faire with how releasing games yeah. due to the whole internet, uh, 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 what's it called, internet aspect of, it, of gaming now. Yep. If that's a problem with the game, just release it. Release it, patch it later, whatever. It used to be that, you know, the first launch had to be was... perfect. Exactly. And that's it. Because in a sense, if it wasn't good that one time, no one's gonna apply it again. Yep. Right? And there was no way to invoke changes to it. Now I think companies have gotten really too uh comfortable with the uh, with patches. Mm -hmm. And that they're comfortable enough that they can release the game and they fix it. And to be to be fair, there are big companies that were able to turn it around and basically make a good working game, right? MMOs are kind of the biggest, I think, yeah. uh, advocators of this. And to be fair, MMOs are a different spectrum of gaming because, you know, these are, like, supposed to be, like, year-long, years, multi-years experiences. Oh, yeah. Right? So, of course, they're going to be multiple patches. But I just see way too many people get burned or uh, pretty much, uh, what's it called, robbed. Because they buy into the game, and they're you know they hype it up, and you know they they say it's going to be something, they promise certain things, and it just doesn't do, right? It's just what does MMO stand for as someone who's not an avid gamer? Online games. Uh, okay. So that's like They're World of Warcraft, Guild Wars Two. Um, these are basically Black Desert like Online. Stuff like essentially, that. if you're someone who hates grind, do not look into the genre. Yeah, <laughs> these uh... are grind fest games. Personally, I'm not a big fan of them. I'm a big um, fan of them. I do like them a lot. Four loves them. <laughs> and, and I can see why. Honestly, I see the appeal of MMOs, right? Because if you put the time... It's like... Think about it like any hobby. If you put the time into it, it does reward yeah. you. 
right? And it does give you, especially with friends. I think MMOs are one of best play with friends because it can I give agree. you the experiences and setups to have really good experiences and stories to tell with your friends. See, see, Fred. for me, for me, I've been finding it more recently as I get older. I have a harder time staying kind of attentive in single player games, right? So, like for example, mm-hmm. when I was much younger, um, and I'd play like you know maybe Skyrim on my Xbox 360, right? That was one of my games I played constantly. I had a ton of hours on it. Um, I <laughs> or would, I would, uh, I was, I had no problem sitting down and playing that for hours by myself, right? I would finish games. I'd play the campaigns. I'd do this. I'd do that. I find that for me now, it's a lot more enjoyable to play games with other people. And I think that that is what keeps drawing me back to certain games is the fact that like, oh, I have friends that still play it. I enjoy being social with those friends and like playing games with them. And for the purpose of playing with them and hanging out and having a good time, I'll play games on almost any game, right? It doesn't matter, good or bad. It's because when you're playing games with other people, it's more than just the experience of the game, right? The people you're playing with now greatly impact your experience in that game, right? So even if it's a bad game, if you're playing with people you like playing with and have a good time being around, that bad game is no longer so bad, right? It's a little bit more bearable. Or sometimes it could even be fun playing a terrible game with people you like. So you know, that's why I think, multiplayer uh, is huge for me. That, that's a, a good rule that I always follow, right? If anyone who ever reviews games, anyone who's listening here reviews games, right? Or, or has a platform, you know, promoting games, mm-hmm. right? And needs to analyze the game, reviewed without any multiplayer. Um, and the reason I say that is because any game with friends, it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. I can, pl- you can, someone can make a game called Watching Pain Dry, and I would guarantee you it'd be a blast with a party of ten friends. Mm-hmm. Guarantee. A game itself is good if you can have fun playing it alone. In my opinion, if you can have fun with it alone, then it's a good game. Because any any experience with friends is just gonna make it ten times better. Yep. I would agree with that because and if you look at all three of the games we chose, Mario Kart, Wii, Minecraft, Tetris, all three of these games for a foray and entry level into gaming, these are games you can play solo and have fun doing it. Yeah. Right. And they have the multiplayer support. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So right. it gives you that flexibility of enjoying a game and having fun with it. But also having that multiplayer support to be like, hey, four and nine, I'm playing Mario Kart. Hop on so I can kick your guys' ass, right? So it's like, it gives you that level of comfort and flexibility. Yep. Oh, but come on, let's be fair also. Mario Kart is the traditional college experience. If you haven't played Mario Kart, in the, then you haven't done college right. Hmm. That's pretty much the way it should be. Mario Kart is the quintessential multiplayer game for even non-gamers, mm-hmm. right? It's it's like, if you if you tell if I tell someone, never play a game he want to play Mario Kart he would know what that means yep. like 99% of the time to Especially, be fair we say to be fair we say it's a college classic just because look we were nerds in college too we were, C, we were CS majors so for us it was definitely a classic right? it's, a, it's a classic even non-CS I hear people I have friends who are, they've done uh, they're, they're in medical fields biology and they and even uh, even uh, what's it called business and they'll have parties I, I guarantee you once a year but they just all play my Mario Kart. Um, had it definitely. I was even talking to my cousin the other day how uh, we failed her because we didn't train her hard enough uh, in Mario <laughs> Kart. 
and uh, she got beaten by all her friends. I even have a couple <laughs> friends I've seen who have made freaking uh, drinking games out of Mario Kart. I was just going to say that. Mario yeah, Kart, like, drinking Mario Kart drinking games, Mario Kart game. It's very fun game. If you don't know how to play the rules, it's clearly because you're not old enough. Um, and I'm not going to explain it here. But yes. it's a very fun game if you're the right age. Um, definitely recommend that. And I'm going to Minecraft, right? Sure, Minecraft may not be the, tr- the same traditional appeal that Mario Kart has and, you know, the dorm setting and stuff like that. But it is a widely known game. It's the reason why it's the number one top selling game right now, mm-hmm. right? At all, of all time. This is not like per like year, per like of all time. Minecraft is literally has a spot. And this, the, you can see why. It's a huge appeal game. Sure, it can be very, you know, confusing, right? At first. But if you spend the time, mm-hmm. you spend the patience, and you learn the mechanics, and if you even want and and you explore the world, and, and it and evokes you know someone's internal sense of exploration and you know creativity, that you can get a lot out of it. And even if you do feel like a wall, then there is the whole modding community, whole uh, server community support, multiple different games like Hunger Games and Skybox War. These are all different things that help you even further expand your games, right? Yep. And lastly, you you have Tetris, right? Which I still think is a really good game for, for non-gamers. Is it the most gaming? Uh, is it the best game to basically push you towards the overall mainstream gaming of? The- no, because mainly you gotta remember this. No matter how much Tetris changed, no matter how many different games Tetris has came out with, and no matter how many spin-offs they do with Battle Royale or whatever, at the core, Tetris was a game. A concept was built in the '80s to invoke fun. Mm-hmm. You can't change that formula. But because of that, I still think it's something for a very non-traditional person who never touched a game can still enjoy. And that's why I still think it's the best entry level during all of it. And I guess, you know, we're running a little close to time here. So I guess this brings us to our final points. So in the end, right now, yeah. do you agree with your choice? Or did you change your mind of what is the actual 4A entry into a video game? Let's start with 4. So I, I think in the end, I still kind of like my choice of Minecraft. I think it's the best for, like I said, just pushing you and making you, forcing you to learn the controls of modern gaming, pushing you in the direction of modern gaming. And, like, I think if you want to play video games that are coming out, like, right now, today, I think that Minecraft is a really great starting point. Um, however, I do see and appreciate all of the different uh, things that you guys pointed out. And uh, I've kind of decided that I don't think the shoe is one-size-fits-all. I don't think there's any single video game that you can say is absolutely the best for every single person on the planet to get into gaming. Um, and I still think that the best option for someone looking to get into gaming, like I said, would be to go watch YouTube videos and Twitch streams and Let's Plays because I think that's a much more effective way of finding out what you want and what you like before you make the decision to buy a game. What do you think, too? You know, to my point, you know, I'm still a huge, avid Mario fan. I'm going to stick with the Mario franchise. I think I'm going to expand out from my single Mario Kart suggestion yeah. and go into like the Mario franchise as a whole or any franchise that actually has several games, uh, game installments mm-hmm. just because I feel like it doesn't leave the person desiring more, right? It gives yeah. them that opportunity to be like, all right, I played this Mario game. Let me go get another Mario game that has a brand new storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. basic storyline, but different challenges, different combatments and get different Sometimes even different controls to bring up to Force Point to get used to the new controls and everything. So I think I'm going to stick to the Mario franchise, but I definitely see the appeal 
of Tetris, being an old school competitive Tetris player, you know, just getting involved in the scene. Mm-hmm. So definitely see that appeal. And I definitely see the appeal now of Force Point of if you want to break into, you know, modern gaming, modern creative and competitive yeah. gaming with Minecraft and eventually into, you know, Fortnite and all these other games. I think definitely yeah. Minecraft is a great foray. But personally for me, I will I will stick to my cult classic Mario. I think to end it off, I, I will change. But not the way you think. If it's someone who, I say, a much older generation, your mother, right, your grandparents, I still think Tetris is the best game for them, right? Mm-hmm. These are people who essentially never, like, even tried a video game or was never interested in their whole life. And the limited knowledge of gaming and technology greatly help with Tetris control schemes and appeal and quick appeal, right? Mm-hmm. But... I do think that if you're talking to someone who's a much younger generation, someone who's college age, who just never had a strict family, just never wanted, or just never interested in gaming, right? I would think Minecraft would be a better option. I would think Mario Kart would be a much better option for them, right? Because they do offer a much more experience similar to how modern gaming is. I think at the end of the day, it's just going to come down to the type of person you are. Going back to my original message, if... You, there's a game for literally anyone, right? Literally anyone in the world, there's someone who knows. If you know your grandpa and your grandpa loves golf, have, have him buy, buy him a golf game. See how he likes it. Mm-hmm. If you know your mom is more into, uh, what's it called? Uh, let's just say cooking games. There are cooking games actually out there that are actually fun and rewarding, right? Mm-hmm. If you know your, if you're, if you're uh, what's it called? Your aunt is way into puzzles. Don't just get her Tetris, get her a bunch of games let her try out i think the message we have at the end is pretty much gaming should be appealing to everyone it's not a time waster as has been notoriously called or uh something that involves nothing gaming has been shown to be actually have health benefits to deal with stuff like like pdsd or loneliness and stuff like that and it can even be a great way as ford mentioned to connect with friends and have great experiences with them yeah, no, nine. I think that's the perfect mm-hmm. way to end it. Yeah, right. So this has been Entry Level Gaming. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Just a heads up for all of you listeners out there. We have a new website. It's called the429podcast.com. So you guys can actually go to that website and then see our podcast from there or to access us from YouTube or any of our Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any of our social medias. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So, you know, hit us up, leave us some DM us, leave us a message. If you want to hear a different topic, let us know. Uh, like, subscribe, you know, give us feedback. You know, we're always looking forward to feedback. And we'll definitely see you guys next time on our next episode, which is actually going to be kind of a continuation, but we're going to be discussing online versus local multiplayer. So, guys, this has been Entry Level Gaming. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Later, guys. Take Be care, good. Guys. Take care. Bye, guys. Take care.